2019 was not the year in writing that I expected it to be. It's not even the year in writing that I wanted it to be. I'm not disappointed, and I'm not unhappy. And I think this is true for a lot of people. I mean, the more I hear people talk about how they experienced their own creative journey in the last year, I don't think it played out the way any of us intended or desired. But maybe that's okay. So let's talk about exactly what happened in the year in writing on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love. And yeah, last year was a strange year, wasn't it? I mean, for a lot of reasons. And I, I, I have feels that I want to share. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this podcast in the first place. Thank you to everyone who's already done that. And somebody brought it to my attention that even for a podcast, I should say, don't forget to subscribe. So don't forget to subscribe. There, I said it. It feels weird on a podcast. Anywho. So if you would have asked me last year where I would be today, I had planned to publish three books last year, and I published one. And that's not exactly good for my publishing schedule, but it actually is good for me as a human being. And that's where I think we need to get started with our plans for next year. I had intended to spend most of this year working on the Mask of the Gods series and to get the other two books out in 2019. That was my original intention. That's what I set out to do. There were also a couple other projects that I wanted to get done, and I didn't. The <laughs> it feels weird, and it feels almost like I'm trying to make excuses here, but I don't view any of these events as failures, the fact that I didn't get them done. Because what happened over the course of 2019 for me is I rediscovered my love of writing, I rediscovered my love of world building, and I reconnected with so many things that I had lost during the dark times. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about my Issues with depression that, you know, over the years previous, because I've talked about that on numerous shows before, but this year for me was much more about reconnecting to and rejuvenating my creative spirit than it was about production and publication. This turned into a year of actual beneficial self-care where I learned how to reconnect to my own fiction, reconnect to my stories, 
and reconnect to the fandoms that I have loved to participate in over the years. And it wasn't easy because that's one of the things that I think really kind of, especially in the first part of the year this year, set me back and made it difficult for me to realize what it was that I wanted to do. And all of this stems from, and I'm going to bring it up here because it is so germane to what I'm doing, the reaction to The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi being one of, in my opinion, the best Star Wars movies and possibly my favorite Star Wars movie that has ever come out. I naively expected its reception to be positive because it did everything that we as fans had been complaining about for years. It reinvigorated the franchise. It shook things up. It took Star Wars in a bold new direction and really did reconnect to the source ideas of what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And to see the backlash, and initially not to completely understand the backlash that occurred around this movie, and not realizing that a lot of it was, not all, but a lot of it was ideologically based and more there to try to score points against Disney or to score points against some fictive culture war that people believed was going on. And little of the actual discourse around this film had much, if anything, to do with the film itself. And that kind of disturbed me in a way, because we ended up discussing this franchise that I love from the point of view of how particular fans and their ideologies interact with it rather than the merits of the work itself, whether or not the work itself was any good, whether the work itself had merit. And I'm not going to get into all of the problematic concepts of merit and what have you, but needless to say, the fact that this genre that I love of fantasy and space fantasy had apparently fallen apart, and fandom had fallen apart, and I had yet to really reconnect with any of the aspects of sci-fi and fandom that I once lovingly participated in. And it took a while for me to kind of realize where it was that I wanted to be. And honestly, this is where I have to say thank you to all of you for helping me get there. Because it was through this podcast and my ability to not only talk through the microphone to you, but the discussions that I've had on various social media platforms and elsewhere with you about these issues that helped me to hone my own understanding of fiction and the role I want my fiction to play and helped me to reawaken that joy that I once had within me for the exploration of setting and character and just the joy of storytelling. Without you, I don't know where I would have been this year. And I really do mean that, so thank you. Try not to get all misty-eyed, but you know me. I'm that person. And that's what really derailed me for most of the year, is I was trying to figure out where I belonged. The reaction, the initial reaction that I got to Crucify My Love and to a lot of the work that I was doing 
was more or less that I needed to just focus on being more commercial. And honestly, that's something that weighs on me because yes, I love writing and I want to just tell the stories that I want to tell. But at the same time, I need to be able to support the activities that go into this. I need to make sure that when I need to buy a new copy of Scrivener or Aeon Timeline or any of these other things, I have the money to do it. And so there is a part of me that wants my fiction to sell. There's a part of me that wants my fiction to find an audience. And a lot of this year was spent examining how my work gets out and not as much time and effort and energy was put into creating new work. And I don't think I'm going to allow myself to do that going forward. I get into these cycles and these traps where I start thinking about what it's going to be like when I, you know, how I'm going to maximize this and maximize that. And I spend way too much time on the marketing and the outreach and how I'm going to do those things much more time on that than I actually do creating and crafting the fiction. And to be honest, that's pointless if I don't have the books. The books have to come first. The creative work has to come first. And that's really something that I learned this year. And it's not something that I didn't know previously. It was just something that really got reinforced for me as I worked harder and harder trying to understand how to build up my following on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and how to connect with more people that may or may not be interested in my work and finding World Anvil and falling in love with the tools over there, which I'm probably going to be talking about on Monday's show, Monday or Tuesday's show. And this was all a lot of stupid, unnecessary soul searching that I'm so glad that I did. Because in a lot of ways, I ended up getting it out of my system. Because while, yes, I'm still going to be doing ads and I'm still going to be doing the things that will hopefully drive people to my fiction and will hopefully get people to read what it is that I'm writing, one of the main lessons that I learned this year is I truly, deeply love working on the stories and getting to talk about them with others. And I find that so much more rewarding than just getting a check deposited in my account. And well, yes, I need that to happen too. That's not going to be my main focus going forward. So what are my takeaways from the last year? Well, that I need to have fun. And I think a lot of writers need to remember that. You know, I watched so many writers that I respect burn out over NaNoWriMo this year. And I had the exact opposite experience, which I have to admit is a first for me. Because usually I burn out too. But I couldn't wait every day to go in and start writing. I couldn't wait to tell my story. And I think a big chunk of that was that while I had goals that I wanted to hit and I had 
you know, I wanted to win Nano. I mean, who participates in Nano who doesn't want to win it? But my main goal was to tell a story that I loved and to have fun with these characters that I really love spending time with and I don't know when I'm going to write about them again. And that change in perspective, for me at least, changed everything about my experience actually writing the book. My experience actually telling the story. And while it seems so blatantly obvious that we as writers should have fun writing the stories that we write so that people can have fun reading the stories that we wrote, I, for much of my career, which is going on 15 years next year, I believe, writing books and stories and what have you, that's not been my experience. So much of it has been spent worrying about how I'm going to market a book, or is the book going to be commercial enough, or is it the right genre? I can't tell you how many story ideas I passed up over the years, or desperately tried to make happen because I was foolishly trying to chase trends and do things to force my breakout novel to happen. And in so many ways, those years are just lost to me because I could have been doing so much more. I could have just realized that people are either going to gravitate to my work or not gravitate to my work. There are things that I can do to draw attention to it, but it has to be fun. It has to be something that I'm willing to put the hours into. And I wish I had fully embraced that idea sooner. I wish I had fully accepted that sooner and come to realize that the work that I wanted to do is the work that I want to do. And it's odd and it's different and it's weird. And that's what makes it uniquely mine. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And whatever makes your work weird and unique and special, that's what makes it your work. And we need to find ways to embrace those things instead of trying to figure out how we can smooth away our rough edges so that we can attract the largest audience. Because while I may never write anything that's remembered hundreds or thousands of years after I die, most writers will never write something that's remembered hundreds, if not thousands of years after they die. And having that kind of a bizarre legacy lust, I don't even know what to call it other than that, looming over every work that you're doing, like, is this the one that will be immortal? Is this the one that will stand the test of time? You don't know. We don't know. It's all about that ruby dust and whether or not it ca catches the imagination of others. And so that's where I am now. And that's the lesson that I want to share with everyone within the sound of my voice. Fall in love with your stories. Fall in love with your characters. Fall in love with your settings. And do it for that love. Now, th again, all of the other things surrounding getting a project out and published and promoted, I'm not saying don't do those things. But don't do them to the detriment of everything else that you're doing. Because I think the strangest thing about my experiences as a creative this year is how much I worry about what other people are going to think 
about the worlds and work that I do. And in my own personal life, I don't care. I don't have that same level of concern. And maybe it's because these are published books, and because they're published books, they exist in a much more permanent state. And that makes me think a lot more about their legacy and longevity. But that doesn't... it doesn't matter. I guess, more than anything else, that's kind of become my mantra this year. It doesn't matter. Because every time I started worrying about, is sci-fi going to be okay? Is that the genre I should be working on? It doesn't matter. If it's where I have story ideas, then that's where I should be working. Is this bizarre kind of dark fantasy thing that I just finished writing, is that going to be popular? Well, it doesn't matter. It's the story that I wrote. And it's the story that I wanted to write and that I enjoyed writing and that I loved. Yeah, if you want to make a lot of money and drive yourself nuts doing it, I'm sure there are methods that you can follow to ride the tiger and get there. But... I, I I don't want to go there. <laughs> That's not where I want to go. Now, having said that, the biggest thing that happened in my career this year was my experiment taking everything wide. And I am of two minds with this. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I just feel like it needs to be mentioned in my year-end roundup. I, I don't know what to do. Because philosophically, I do not like having all my eggs in one basket. And I like having my work in a lot of places, but monetarily it did hurt me. It, it really drove down my book sales and I have suspicions as to why, but you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, when I look at how much of the market that Amazon controls and the question of whether or not it's worth sacrificing the sales that I have potentially, because that's the thing. Sales history is not a valid prognosticator of sales future, but at the same time, you know, when you see these drastic changes, it makes you wonder. So even now, I don't know if I'm planning on going back to exclusivity with any of my work or not, but it is something that's bubbling in the back of my head just because if I do want to reach the most people... It really feels like, to me, my work needs to be in Kindle Unlimited because that's where a lot of my reads came from. And when the books were taken out of Kindle Unlimited, of course, those books went away because you have to be exclusive to be in there. So, I don't know. I, I'm really thinking about it a lot, and I would love your personal opinion on what to do because... I want to stick to my convictions and not go back to being exclusive to Amazon, but at the same time, I feel like I'm robbing myself of readers, and because it's the readers more than the money. It really is. And I don't know. I really don't know. And this is the chaos that is the writing life. But I'm going to continue working. I'm going to continue telling my stories. I'm putting a lot of stuff up on World Anvil, which I have come to truly love. It is a product that I have watched grow throughout the year into something that is every update. It just gets better and better and better and better. And yeah, I'm definitely going to be talking about that a bit more. If you hear something, my uh, 
wonderful little kit, kitty cat McGonagall has joined us and decided to purr like crazy. I don't know if that's going to come through the mic or not, but she's trying to take my headphones away from me. Um, and she's fluffy today. But yeah, that was kind of my year in writing, and I hope you had a good one. Even though I didn't get as many books and stories done as I wanted to, I still feel like it was a good year. And I hope at the end of your year, you feel that you had a good year too. If you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, uh, you can go down into the show notes and you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on um, social media. I am C.E. Dorset on Twitter and Instagram both. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. And is that it? Yeah. (laughs) I always feel like I have more to say there because I do do stuff on Tumblr, but not all that much. But that's linked over there. So, yeah. Oh, and I got the YouTube channel now. Don't forget about the YouTube channel. I'm doing stuff and it's weird for me is video nah. um if you have a dollar you can pass my way it really would help out a lot in the show notes you'll also find a link for the listener support and my in my patreon anything that you can do really does help me out a lot because i'm trying to figure out what i'm going to be doing going forward and that's really the one thing keeping me from going back to exclusive is i like the idea of building my platform off of patreon and then just giving people everyone the books for free and I don't know if that's a viable option I don't know I'm thinking about a lot of stuff right now definitely definitely let me know what you think um uh, but if you can help out that really would mean the world to me I want to thank everybody who's done that it helped me get the software that I'm talking to you on which I think has made the podcast sound a lot better um if you don't have any money right now and you don't feel like giving don't worry about it But if you know somebody that you think would like the podcast that I do, please share the podcast with them. That helps out immensely as well. So that's it for today's show. Don't forget, have the fun. Bye.